Hey everyone, it's the Monty Man, and you are about to take part in the experience, the strength, and the hope of this episode of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. This is what we have to offer. Garbage in, garbage out. Three, two, one, zero. Hey, you! Yeah, you! Come here for a minute! I want to talk to you! Garbage in, garbage out. Your brain dead, bang your head against the wall. Garbage in, garbage out. Can't find peace of mind, brain needs an overhaul. Garbage in, garbage out. Bonehead, brain dead, we're all the same. You can't think straight when your heart is in pain. Turn around, hit the ground, time to lay a burden down. The views expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, The Monty Man. That's right. Good guys, bad boys, we're all the same. Same by grace is the name of the game. Turn around, hit the ground. Time to lay your burden down. Welcome to the Tank 12 Recovery Radio Show, broadcasting here in the studios of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting on the outskirts of beautiful downtown Albany, Oregon. Zip way over here. Dave Fleming is here. CADC level two. Hello, Dave. Hello, Hello Vid. Monty. Hello, Margie's here. Good morning. And there's Marv. Howdy. Hi, Marv. And Denver. Cheery, <laughs> cheery <Howdy>. Denver. Cheery <laughs> Denver. That's me. Yep, yep. And we're we're uh, well. They are all sitting in our new chairs. Uh, thank you to our sponsors and uh, to Barbara H. And those of you who support us, hey, listen, um, I, I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. It's my least favorite thing to do. But um, it is that time of year when our big bills come due. Everything comes rolling in right towards the end of July and the beginning of August. Uh, if you are so inclined and you would like to donate to Take 12 Recovery Radio to help keep us on the air, simply visit us at Take12Radio.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page on the left-hand side is the donate button. Just click on that. It'll tell you how you can do that. No amount is too small. And we uh, really appreciate uh, your consideration for that. Uh, It is uh, much needed come the 1st of August. Um, Everything comes rolling in. We have have bills during the rest of your two, but this is the big chunk of them. All right. So um, the show, anybody guess what the topic of the show is this week? Anybody guess? Garbage in, garbage out. That's right, George Carlin. Garbage in, garbage out. Um, are we doing any more than just staying clean and or sober? Or is that the only reason we're in recovery? 
because it has been said, well, the reason I'm here is to stop drinking or stop smoking crack or whatever it is. Um, is that it? Is that the uh, is that the bulk of it? What if you're new? Does that need to be enough in the beginning? What about if you've been around a while? We're going to talk about all that. Um, mm. But before we do, I'm looking at my notes. And, uh, oh, I know. Let's have some fun, shall we? Stop right there! Because it's time for the Monty Man's Weekly Wine. That's right. Where he whippers and whines and complains about things he has no power over. (laughs) It's all right. You're safe now. Wow. (laughs) Was that a cat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was that exactly? Being tangled. <laughs> I heard a cat in there somewhere. I think there was a cat in there somewhere. Um, all right, who knows what Cecil's up to when Cecil's in the studio at midnight? Producing in, in his at rocking midnight. chair, <laughs> must have caught the cat's tail. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so I got I got three. I just kind of piled them on uh, this week. Uh, so, you know I have no problem throwing restaurants under the bus. This really wasn't... Well, it's kind of the restaurant's fault, but I don't know. You see, you be the judge of that. So, when I go to a restaurant with my wife, and they ask me if I want to be seated in the bar, sometimes because the dining room was overcrowded, right? This was just a choice. It wasn't overcrowded. The dining room had one family. It was quite a large family in the dining room. This was at Los Dos Amigos in Albany, Oregon. And uh, I said, no, I would prefer not to be seated in the bar. I would rather sit sit in the dining room because it was much quieter, right? And so we go and we sit in the dining room. But the people, the family that was in the dining room should have been in the bar. (laughs) If you know what I'm saying. They were having a birthday party, and that's great. You know, I'll sing along with them, too, sing happy birthday, put the giant sombrero on the guy's head and all that and everything. But I guess it might have been the father or the senior member of the family. When he laughed and when he talked, right, there isn't a megaphone. It boomed, huh? That could match this guy. And it's like, would you please turn your volume down? I mean, it was crazy. And I'm like, what are these people doing in the dining room? Go to the bar. Or, shh, I'm trying to enjoy my meal. I could probably give him a run for his money. You probably could. Even sober. <laughs> right? I probably could, too. Right? We could, we could probably... We could all... All of us could, could go over there and probably... Been there, done that. Ho- hoop and holler. I've been told I talk pretty loud yeah. occasionally. Yeah? Garbi- yeah? Garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <clears throat> okay, um, the next one... All right, it's a McDonald's one. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm at the McDonald's drive-thru to get my sausage biscuit. I just want a sausage biscuit. <laughs> Shouldn't be hard to find a wine about McDonald's. I, I know, right? So I, I, I pull up, and I notice there's nobody in the drive-thru, which is rare. Um, big sign, drive-thru open. So that would suggest that the drive-thru is open, right? Maybe yeah. not. So I go to the drive-thru. I pull up. She goes, I'm sorry, but the first window in our drive-thru is broke. I don't know what that means. Is the window broke or 
is the register broke? Or she goes, um, I said, well, is the second window? Can I order the second window? She goes, well, it'll work, but no, you have to come in. Yeah. Well, have you ever gone to the second window and at the last minute said, hey, by the way, can I have a Coke? They'll get it for you, right? And they'll mm-hmm. ring you up. I don't know why she couldn't have done that. The second window was working fine. I've been to ones that are they're under construction, and you got to order and right from one window. Right, you order and then you get pay. You pay yeah. and, and everything. Yeah. So I don't know what was up with that, but what, what time of day was it? It's in the morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So the second window worked fine. The first window didn't work. The sign says drive drive through open. But this is the world we live in, folks. I know that their milkshake machine breaks down usually around 10 o'clock in the evening. Really? Our, our milkshake machine's not working. But those milkshakes aren't... Uh, those things are weird. It, yeah. Well, they just don't want to clean it again, I guess. I don't know how it works at McDonald's. <laughs> but I know that it just about every time I pull up there past 10 or so, you don't get a milkshake. It just broke It down. just broke right now, sir. Did. Sorry. Well, that is, you know, I'll tell you what beats that one is Dairy Queen in Albany. Uh, this was a couple of years ago. We wanted a chocolate cone. They said we can't serve chocolate because the chocolate ice cream is heavier than the vanilla ice cream and our floor won't hold it. <laughs> I, I am dead serious. What are they, what are they smoking there? I, Oh my goodness! The floor won't hold it. The, the chocolate ice cream's heavier. Chocolate that, that cow, sounds chocolate like cows are heavier. Marijuana induced statement. Oh wow! Oh gee, that's a good one. I don't get it. Um, okay. You guys need to come over to Corvallis. I mean, chocolate they're ice always like <laughs> under construction, or you got a you know weird drive through or whatever, and they yeah. still seem to. Figure things out. And they're working just fine, right? Half the time, I got to go pull around to the other side of the building and wait for my order, but. Right. At least 99% of the time, they get it right. Marsha was at Hasty Freeze last night, and she was there for 45 minutes. <gasps> but I will tell you, they cook everything to order. You sit there in your car, you wait, and they cook it. So, it. so that's kind of. Yeah, they're booming right now, too. Yeah. I mean, I've seen lines out into the road waiting. Yeah, it's so. crazy. It's crazy. But here's my here's my this is the this is the <clears throat> choice one. So we went to the only bowling alley in town. So I don't have to say their name because it's the only one in town. Roger hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> knew that was coming. Uh, um, and so so the whole social distancing thing. And, and, and so let let me clarify something for those people that are in Oregon. Um, this whole mask thing. It's not a law. So don't think it's a law that was passed. It's called a order or a mandate. It's not a law. You as the individual are not going to get fined if you don't wear a mask into a public building. It's the organization or the business that gets fined. So you need to understand that. Okay. And what's so unfair about this is that means, let's say, your local 7-Eleven. You walk in, and according to your highness, our governor, the mandate mm-hmm. states that the business, in this case be 7-Eleven, is responsible to not serve you or not permit you in the building without a mask on. That means 
they need to put an employee at the door to monitor who has a mask and who doesn't. And I don't know if you guys have heard, but in several occasions when that's happened, people have literally slugged the person that was monitoring at the door. So that's putting the employee at risk, which is unnecessary, right? But it's the business that is in trouble. So to help keep our businesses open so they can operate, it's not their fault. I don't have a problem putting on a piece of equipment on my face that doesn't work anyway, just so my local businesses can stay open, so I can support them, right? But I got to tell you, the bowling alley brought it to a whole new level that was really humorous. First of all, they have these dividers up now between each lane, which is kind of nice because it's less distracting. Because it's pretty distracting when you get a full bowling alley and everybody's bowling, right? So that's kind of cool. But you have to wear your mask in, when you're down in the bowling area, you don't have to wear it, right? But when you put your fingers in... Oh, by the way, you can't touch any of the bowling balls. They have they have like six there, right, in the little turn style. And you have to use those. If none of those fit your fingers, what's common, you would go look for another ball that would fit your fingers, right? So you can't do that. You have to put your mask back on and go back up to the desk. As for the clerk to find you a ball, keep bringing you one, you can't go with them, bringing you one back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, until you find one that fits your fingers. If you are fortunate to find one that fits your fingers, you put your fingers in, and guess what you find? Squirt, splash, hand sanitizer, filling up the finger holes in the bowling balls, right? So now the bowling ball is slipping off of your hand. Easy in, easy out. Drops on your foot, and you got a lawsuit. <laughs> well, that's thinking, that's thinking Monty. At least the, the, the finger holes now don't hold don't have feces in them. Yeah, right. Jeez. Who, when you think about it, you're kind of putting your hand in something every time you, you know. So it might be a good idea. But I just thought because so some of the bowling balls that were up up in the turnstile. So our family went bowling on the 4th of July and they're all putting their fingers and this stuff is squirting out all over the place, right? And I mean, it was just, it was comical. It really is. And Why it just make you wear gloves or something? I don't know. It's just, so one of the things that people don't understand though is that wearing a mask isn't for your protection. It's for the other person's protection. If um, you're sick. Yeah, if you're sick. But you can be carrying something and not and not show symptoms, and you can still spread it. But it's but just true with everything. It's true yeah, with everything. Yeah, right. yes. And by the way, by the way, you're not breathing a, enormous amounts of your own carbon monoxide. So get over that. If that was the case, surgeons would be falling like flies. You know. Um, you you want to hear 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 something that that I heard last night that. It's not been 100% confirmed. My wife has some friends that are in the medical field. Yeah. And she was saying that people that are hospitalized for this COVID, Mm -hmm. they get tested every day. So every day, each test is counted as a separate test. 
So Makes then sense. there goes the increase in the numbers of infected. So now we have 25 So you could have cases. one person that's yeah. been tested 10 times. So now we have, that looks like 10 more people. Correct. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. They can, tr- they can surprised. get more money for each test. Yeah. I'm not a bit surprised. Yeah. It's like, yeah. But I, I just thought it was... It was funny, you know, squishy, squishy. Put your hands in the That's bowling balls. That's a little balls. over the top. Don't touch any of the bowling balls. I, I mean, could they just you, spray you, them before you put your hand in there with, with some Lysol or I, something? I don't know. You, you said dividers in between each lane. Yeah. Are they see-through plexiglass or no. are they? Oh, they're curtains. No, they're banners with advertisements on them. <laughs> uh, yeah, go figure that one out. <laughs> well, they got to co- cover the cost of probably having less customers, right? Wow. Oh, now water's 50 cents. <laughs> yeah. I understand charging for the cup. I get that. But what's that? Three cents? So now water's 50 cents. Um, yeah. But, you know. Oh, well. It was a fun time. Oh, and you can't you can't use two lanes. You can only use one lane. So you get your whole family's only using one lane. So for four, it took us four hours to play one game. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what we they, had a nice day. How does that work? Because <laughs> most most of them have the machine that right, covers right. two lanes. Right. Can I use one lane? So who uses the other lane? Nobody. Who, who knows? You're behind a curtain. Well, be, but no, well, I don't, you can't have a curtain in the in the middle. Of no, that. no, no. There, you have you have the machine which has two lanes, one on the right, one <clears> on the left, and then you have a curtain for okay, a divider so. on both sides of those. But you're not must dividing be some of that. Own. They must be using some of that new math. I don't know. To calculate? I think, they're, I think they're afraid that the bowling pins are going to infect each other, so you can only use one lane at a time. Wow. I, <laughs> Marv, what do you think about this craziness? Uh, you don't want to know. <laughs> don't we? <laughs> and if you can't laugh through it, though, I mean, really, what are you going to do, right? Um, so I got this. I want to get a mask with no, with a gnome on it. And now I found out you can order... You know, you oh, can yeah. have a custom design put yeah. on there and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, some that say take twelve radio. We could do that. Or I like the one that has it takes you take a picture of your face from your nose down and they print that on the mask. So when you wear the mask, it doesn't look like when you're you're wearing a mask, except for when you're talking and your lips aren't moving. I don't know. There's you know, variations on a theme there. Um Okay, well that does it for my wine. Um, if you go bowling at, what is it called, Lakeshore Lanes? Yeah. Um, be prepared. Know what you're putting your fingers into. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare yourself they, for they, that they, one. your own ball. They, they will be sanitized. All right, we'll take a break. Come back with the topic, garbage in, garbage out. Are we doing more than just staying abstinent? Don't go away. This is Jim W. here in Nashville, Tennessee, and we're listening to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show with the Monty Man. Hey there, it's the Monty Man. And in studio with me right now is Pastor Sean Silveri and Khalil Burton. What exactly is Welcome to the Table? Well, Welcome to the Table is a podcast all about coming together and learning more about Jesus from one another. Um, the Table is a place of unity and conversation, so we wanted to capture that imagery. Yeah, and we're just simply on this adventure together, you know, talking through and plumbing the rich depths of the Christian faith and exploring how to be followers of Jesus together in a world of uncertainty and change and we just love for people to join us and be a part of the conversation money man 
Sounds like a very powerful broadcast, and we need to know how listeners can tune in. Yeah, well, we are on all major podcast platforms, specifically Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so you can check us out. All you got to do is look up Welcome to the Table, and you'll find us there. You can also follow the links right here at Take12Radio.com. Hey, check it out. You can now access all of our shows from a variety of podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, Podomatic, and Player FM. Simply search for Take 12 Recovery Radio, and you'll be tuned into the best in recovery broadcast journalism. Also available at Take12Radio.com. Welcome back to the show. The topic this week, garbage in, garbage out. Are we doing more than just staying abstinent? Are we just not drinking, not using? Is that all there is to recovery? And the reason I say garbage in, garbage out refers to like this half measure thing. I I, I mean, um, I have taken issue before with half measures avail us nothing. I don't know that they avail us nothing when you're new. I think any measure that you are moving toward uh, when you're new to recovery uh, is a good thing. It, it may not avail you the full package, but at least you're getting your foot in the door, right? Um, I think the half measures avail is nothing thing is once you know what to do, once you have the skills, you, you, you're you working the steps, you're, you, you are being thorough with all of it, and you choose to skimp on that kind of thing, then it kind of it, it it's kind of a moot point, and so your recovery suffers for it. I, I get that, um, but it's interesting to me because I I watch people in the rooms of recovery, um, focus on sobriety. People even that have been there for years focus on sobriety, but nothing else in their life changes. They're still watching the same garbage. They're still playing shack up honey with their shack up honey. The language that's coming out of their mouth is still vulgar. The way they treat other people is still less than kind. But by God, they're clean and sober. And so they're still putting garbage in and garbage is still coming out. It's just that the garbage doesn't smell like booze and isn't going to get you arrested, right? So is that what we're doing? I I mean, what has your guys' experience been watching people, or maybe even yourselves? Because I've been through this, where, my God, you know, I I I threw a rock at the neighbor's dog, and um, I'm cussing the guy out at the store for getting or the McDonald's for getting my order wrong. I mean, really mean that kind of thing. But at least I'm sober, right? So, what do you think about this, Marv? Let me ask you first, man. Oh, I mean, man. I know I, I put Tag. you on the spot on purpose. Tag, you're it. I, I, I mean, isn't there more to recovery than just not drinking and not using? You betcha. You bet. So, why are people satisfied with just not drinking and not <clears throat> using? And that's it. I don't think they know. I don't think they realize. Um, I didn't. Yeah the spiritual brokenness that was going on inside mm. and um <clears throat> there's several several paths 
we can take on this subject but the yeah. the one i want to talk about right this second is i had a surprise uh not a very fun one either by the way i was going through a really hard time um i made some big mistakes uh after my wife died uh-huh and i sold my place and i i moved clear over to an Eastern area Oregon? I didn't know anybody, yeah. and I went through uh, a depression that, I mean, it was insanity. I ended up selling my place over there and coming back. Well, when I got back, <clears throat> I happened to know uh, uh, some people who were uh, uh, psychologists Christian psychologist, mm-hmm. and the way I knew him was through the horses. Yeah, and I called him up and I said, "Hey, I I I come to the point where I needed help." Mm-hmm. So this uh, uh, lady counselor I went to, uh, I went to her two or three times, and she made a statement that just really hit me hard because through that series of sessions that i went through Mm -hmm. all of this stuff started coming out that i didn't even realize was part of uh, what was really causing the problems i was having Uh, but the statement was marv what goes in has to come out oh it has to come out and so for all those uh, part of it had to do with back when I was a kid. Part of it had to do with more present times. Mm-hmm. And all this time, I'm in AA. <clears throat> not drinking. I'm not drinking. Yeah. And um, that was a mind boggler to me. Um, stuff still comes up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think the difference is is uh, mainly because of her, I think, uh, what we talked about and all those different things, sessions, uh, has made me more aware on a conscious level um, to be on guard for that stuff mm. and realizing that uh, uh, even though all that, it'll come up, it's it's not the same as it was. It's not as powerful. It don't have the same effect, but it does want to drag you down. Yeah. And uh, but to know that God is right there, and uh, it can go ahead and come out. Where before it was like, no, I'm just gonna handle this myself. I don't need anybody. Or and I know different today. Yeah. Does I mean you don't you're not one of these guys that sits in front of a boob tube and watches the trash that's on TV so it's filling your head with trash. <clears throat> you're not one of those guys. You don't watch much TV, right? Uh, not a lot. Yeah, I I do once a week, little bit a movie. Right, now, my TV is all I can do is play movies. Sure, sure. <laughs> but you're not a social media guy, so you're no. not being filled with all the the negativity that goes on there. No. You know, you don't listen to music that is demeaning and demoralizing, which a lot of music today is. 
you don't do that. So um, that kind of garbage. And see, my concern for for a lot of people, um, particularly people of faith that still do that stuff, they listen to, they watch, and they talk about things that they are absolutely in opposition to, and yet they still do it. And then they wonder why garbage is coming out of their mouth, you know. And, and I've got one good good friend. Uh, he actually worked for the, the ministry I worked for. He moved over to Eastern Oregon. And that guy is one of the most foul-mouthed guys I've ever met. And I'm not talking about hitting your thumb with a hammer or you're having a frustrating day. I'm just talking, I mean, just constantly. And I'm like, whoa, dude. And and yet, you know, he's going to NA meetings and he's he's doing the program um, part of it anyway. Um, and, and I got to wonder what kind of quality of life is that if all you're doing is staying sober or clean. And what I'm hearing you say, Marv, is that your recovery is more than just being absent, just being away from the mind-altering substances. There's much more to it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Denver. Howdy. Hey, what's your take on all this, man? Garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like a sanitation department. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I'm a... COVID has uh, came into my life of watching more TV than I care to. Oh, and, because and, of the news? Or? It, well, yeah, just, <clears throat> you know, I, when you're locked up, you, I, don't, I need a little noise in my life, so I turn on TV. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's noise, and most of it is garbage. Mm-hmm. Social media, nice way to stay connected, but a lot of garbage, and I will feed into that. You know, and uh, why do you think that is? Why do you think we feed into it? I, it's deeper than I. I really can't say. I know, right? I, I, I don't know. I know that uh, clean and sober is the first thing. That's what we need to concentrate on. Because you got to stay on. clean and sober if you're going to change. If, anything if you're going to make right choices, yeah. And and down the line, uh, for me, the spiritual program came in. I, I you know, I mm-hmm. got to know God, and you're going to be. You're gonna want to help people. You're wanna you're gonna want to be socially active and give back and everything else. Right. So I'm kind of getting off topic there. I just know that if I'm not socially involved with somebody, I, I start uh, building up a garbage pile, and I start mm. feeding into that. And it's so much easier on social media for me to toss garbage than it is one on one. Well, yeah. It's just easier. You're kind so, of shielded from yeah, the this, kickback. Yeah. This whole little ordeal we've been going through for seven months now, or however long it's been, is uh, tiring to me. And I realize it, and yet I still find myself in the evening on Facebook and, and watching TV programs. And I, I get disgusted. I turn them off, and I, I'm picking up my hobbies a little bit more again, which are important to me. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, yeah, I'm aware garbage in, garbage out, and I'm feeding into that, too. And yeah. it's not healthy. Yeah. Margie, your take. Um, well, it's kind of like what everybody said and like what Marv said. And for me, like when I quit drinking this most recent time, which is about a year and a half ago, um, I realized I had to change everything, not just not drink. And um, 
that included um, my relationship with God, my higher power, that I really had to work on that and really um, rely on him um, to make these changes in my life and to practice them, um, to follow his will for me, because that's what I had not been doing all my life. I was filled with self-will and uh, my life was a mess. And um, so quitting drinking was just the start you know, and um, I realized that. Um, Margie, hold on. Are you kicking your 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 mic boom? Me? Are you hitting it? Because I'm hearing. No. Oh. I'm not touching the boom. Okay. You're touching maybe, the mic. Maybe this thing. No. Okay. I'm. I'm. Here. That's the only one that picks that stuff up. So I'm, I'm sorry, Margie. Go right ahead. Stop <laughs> breathing. Is it, is it doing it now? <laughs> that is it. Huh? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Live. Okay, Margie, I'm sorry. Um, so basically, stopping drinking is a start, but just the really just a minor start because um, I realized that for myself, I had to, um, gosh, I had to to change my way of thinking, and um, I had to um, rely on God, my higher power, and follow His will for me. And, uh, you know, I know I kind of lost my chain of thought there. Did, did, did your behaviors, though, I mean, yes, stopping the substance was the start. Yes. Right? That's kind of the hook, right? Right. And then you realize, oh, there's more to this recovery thing than just not drinking and using. Um, when you started applying the principles in those 12 steps... Did you notice certain behaviors starting to change after a while? Did certain things, and what were they? What started changing for you? Well, once I uh, got serious and actually got a sponsor and started working the steps with her, mm -hmm. um, one thing I noticed was that um, I um, actually was willing to do the hard work that I needed to do yeah. to um, get past a lot of stuff in my life that I think was um, holding me back in a lot of ways and um, was causing me to, to relapse chronically. And um, so, you know, I had to write down, do my fourth step and um, be really thorough about it, like it says, and then talk to my sponsor on my fifth step and go over everything. And that changed me because... Um, it helped me realize that um, what my part was in all those things. And um, it, um, you know, like I knew I was already forgiven by um, God. Right. But um, even so, I still have a hard time, you know, forgiving myself. But I was able to, basically. And um, I, it's like I, I didn't shut the door in the past, but... Um, I know that that was the past. There's nothing I can do to change it. Yeah. Just move forward. And um, I realized that, for instance, when I was drinking, I was really, um, I don't know, manipulative and I would lie. And uh, I was very secretive about my drinking. And uh, I had to change all that, my, that behavior, because, um, you know, it's like Marv said, what goes in must come out. And so... I, when I was drinking, I would keep this some secret and, you know, ultimately it would, it would bother me so much that I couldn't deal with it. So I would just get drunk and uh, I can't do that anymore. If there's something bothering me, I need to talk about it. 
uh, even if it's difficult and get it out there and mm-hmm. um, deal with it. And um, that's a big change in my life. I, I really, you know, never did that before. I just bottled it up and then just <clears throat> drank over it basically. And, um, and I knew I needed to treat people differently and, um, re- realize that, uh, you know, a lot of people are sick, very sick like me and some are sicker than others and not be as judgmental and, um, you know, um, kind of be more understanding and compassionate of others and, you know, just a lot of behavior changes. Did, did you become a, a kinder, gentler person? I think I did. I mean, not just from being sober, but I mean, from actually working a program. Yeah, from working yeah. a program and from uh, getting to know um, God better, because I'm in the bigger book every day, too. And um, it's just kind of uh, helped me to, you know, I think anyway, become a, a kinder, uh, better person. I'm mm-hmm. not perfect at it. You know, I screw up, make mistakes, but... Um, that's that's what I'm working on is trying to be a better person through all this. So so uh, and Dave, I want to get your take on this. Uh, but before I do, I just one of the things that I that I've observed over the years, and, and we know that one of the reasons that we medicated or wanted to change the way we felt, right, was because of the unenforceable rules we put on other people and the expectations we put on other people and they wouldn't match up to them. And so when they didn't, we, we couldn't, we weren't comfortable on our own skin. So then we would medicate. Right. And so now we get sober or now we get clean and we're, we're not putting the medication in our bodies anymore, but then we don't change. We're still shacking up with the dysfunctional, harsh, abusive person right uh we're not even in a committed relationship or we're still we're still at that job where we're constantly being demeaned or we're we're still do all our other behaviors are still the same we're listening to the same garbage we're hanging out with people that are telling jokes that are just demeaning to other people and and then we wonder why we're miserable dave you are a big uh supporter of Nothing changes if nothing changes. And the only thing you have to change is everything. We talk about this on your show, Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life today, right? right. But if you've got to change everything, don't you got to work at it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I w- I'm sitting here listening to everybody, and I can totally, totally relate, you know, um, uh, especially what Mar was saying. You know, my – I've always had to re- – to basically depend on myself, mm-hmm. couldn't rely on on anybody or anything, and so that's kind of how I went through life. Right, I take control of whatever the situation is. I can do stuff on my own. I'm I'm very intelligent. I can figure this out. You know, I get all the self help books and you know all that other. You're Mr. Self Sufficient stuff. Yeah, and so <clears throat> because when I, you know in the past, whenever I've I've let my guard down or relied on somebody or trusted somebody to let me down. So I just figured, you know what, I'll just, there's a few people I let into my life and the rest can just, I don't have any use for them. Right. Unless, Mm -hmm. you know, we can, there's a mutual thing. If not, I, you know, I just don't have time. So when I got into, (laughs) one thing popped into my mind that I, this is back way back in the day when I, you know, was getting in trouble a lot, you know, um, 
I remember going into court one day and, you know, judge asked me a question and I say, I, I didn't know. And he says, uh, no, ignorance is no excuse. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's always been kind of rattling around in my brain. And I think a lot of time, you know, it's not a, sometimes can be interpreted as very not, not a very nice word, but that's basically what it is, is there's ignorance because we don't know like what to do or how to do it, especially early in recovery. You know, uh, I got <clears throat> little nudges along the way and, you know, I tried just about every way you can think of to get sober or do things my way. Yeah. And it got to a point where, you know, I did even did the, the relocation halfway across the United States and, you know, the old, uh, no matter where you go, there you are. Sure. Kind of thing. Sure. You know, it, it's, it's a real thing. You, if you don't change, right. Right. Changes, nothing changes. And so, um, after a number of years, uh, and some, uh, interventions, I guess, spiritual interventions that I didn't notice at the time, but eventually culminated to, uh, you know, my last, the last night I drank, I ended up in detox and God, God kind of met me there. I, I kind of knew that, I mean, it wasn't like stated, but I knew in my spirit, mm-hmm. my soul that mm-hmm. if I didn't quit, you know, I wasn't going to last much longer. It's right. That this uh, addiction was going to take me out. And God met me right there in the in detox and removed my addiction and my obsession. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, was like kind of like a light switch, which scared the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Because now what? Right. I right. don't know how to live, live life on life's terms without some kind of chemicals in my system. Your friend is gone. My the, the, everything, yeah, your everything right? is gone. Your everything you know, you yeah, because yeah. it goes what you were saying a second ago about you know if everybody would just do things my way, sure. everything would be fine, and and it doesn't happen. And so you you're trying to either feel or not feel by using the chemicals. Now I got all this taken away, and while I was when I went back to uh, jail, um, that same. The saying, the only thing you need to change is everything, mm-hmm. hit me again. This was the second time. First time I was in treatment a couple years earlier. And the first time I thought, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. You can't. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't change that. everything. You can't do that. Right. Um, so then I started like looking at it like logically and breaking it down. And that's kind of where it started. It's like do the opposite of what I was doing that I had been doing. Mm-hmm. And then see what happens. I made mm-hmm. a made a... You know, a deal with God as as we we see. Yeah. You know, sometimes you, you want to hear God laugh. You know, make a make a deal with Him. So anyway, I just not because I'm, I'm I don't know any better, and I'm trying to like make that transition from where I've been to where I'm going. And yeah. so I said, okay, I'm going to do this to the best of my ability for an entire mm-hmm. year, and if things don't change, I can always go back to doing what I was doing. Uh, and so I just broke it down. It's like, what, is, what does this look like? So the first thing you usually do when you're in jail is you do the foxhole prayer, right? Sure. You know, get sure. me out of this one and I won't do it again. So instead of doing that, I started praying for others. started praying for the people that had uh, been in my life that stuck by me no matter what. Mm-hmm. 
uh, started being grateful. Mm-hmm. And then I started. Uh, so that was different. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it wasn't all. It wasn't about me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all about me, which mm-hmm. you know, it kind of was, but it, I was not. I was trying to project something different. Right. right. I was trying to do something different. You know, the whole trying to change what I'm putting putting in and taking out. So, and then I started asking for help, which I never did in my entire life. Another year. If I can't difference. do it, yeah, I just don't do it. Right. Right? Yep. So I started reaching out and asking for help. And uh, my employer, I'd only been there a couple months, and I told him what was going on. He's like, yeah, we kind of figured something like that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like that. Yeah, we all knew. We were just waiting for you to figure it out. Yeah. You know? He said, we were going to send somebody out looking for you. And I thought, that that's odd. You mm-hmm. don't even really know me. Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. Um. So lots of lots of things were changing. Lots of things, yeah, you yeah. know. And then I not just sobriety. They said, "Oh, you know, do what you got to do, and you know, you you got your job when you come back." Which I was like, "That's one one thing off right. off the list." And right. wow, this thing, this asking for help thing. You know, let's keep going. Let's see what happens. And yeah. I called my uh, uh, called Pastor Tom, which is somebody that I dealt with. Uh, mm-hmm. When I moved to Minnesota, and um, he came in and he basically said, "What's it going to take to get you out of here?" And they put up the the bail money to get me out, mm. which was like twenty five hundred dollars. Which again, no one's ever done that. They've right. always said, "Sit and rot." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take care of your consequences, yeah, and you I've know, heard that. <laughs> right, N- not so much that, but they would just say, you, "Yeah, you got yourself into it." You exactly. Out. Yeah, yeah. And so when I got out, it was about you know first thing I got to do uh, is uh, go to a meeting, obviously, mm-hmm. um, get connected uh, with a church, and just kind of do that and go to in. And do the, you know, the 90 meetings in 90 days, which turned out to be like oh, just about, I did meetings every day for almost two years. Um, but it was like, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going right. to throw myself into everything. Right. And then see how it plays out. And yeah. that part of that change was music, mm-hmm. uh, movies, concerts, um I don't think I went to a concert for probably four years, which is kind of an odd thing for me, right? Because I used to work in the music business, right? Right. So, did your taste did your taste for some of that stuff change? When I I used to listen to a radio station that was all kind of heavy metal mm-hmm. stuff, and there I noticed that I like would get irritated. Like in my spirit. Oh, whereas before I would feel sick when Mm -hmm. I would hear certain music or certain Mm -hmm. songs, Mm -hmm. certain artists. Um, Same with shopping in stores. Um, I went into, uh, you know, I don't know if I wanted to say their name, but this is a store in Take Twelve Radio. We mentioned all sorts (laughs) of names here. Hot (laughs) topics, right? I don't know if he's been into hot topics before, but my goodness. Um, I just felt like there was an there was an evil spirit pressing down on me while yeah. I was there. Yeah. And I was with my wife and kids and I stepped out and I said, I'll wait for you guys out front. What's hot topics? Uh gothic 
it could be a darker. Atmosphere. They have everything yeah. that has to do with goth and hard rock. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm looking at a Marvin. Where are we going? Whatever. <laughs> yeah, if you just peek in the door, you don't even have to go in. You'll you'll realize what we're saying. And then I think is it uh, <laughs> is it Spencer's? Have you heard of a Spencer's? I, I haven't heard Spencer's. They out have here. kind of the same thing, but they have a section that kind of goes even like darker. Yeah. But anyway, um, novelty stuff. Uh, gotcha. But yeah. So I, it was just you know, and because I, I knew when I got into recovery, this time was different. Right. I, right. I can't. I couldn't be that that person that says, "Okay, I've been saved and I'm recovered." Right. Now. All of you and my whole family, you all have to change now. Yeah. I just right. chose to lead by example. Yeah. And then whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I, I've lived my life and seen some, some good things. But, yeah, it. I totally could see when I switched to doing that, mm-hmm. I could totally see the, the difference in the quality of life and the sure. quality of the people that you – associate with and that's you know a lot of times when people go through treatment that's one of the things that i part of that process is i encourage them to when they get out of treatment Mm -hmm. no matter where it is or how long they've been there is you're gonna have to your basically recovery doesn't start until you leave the facility right Right. Where the rubber so meets the road, to, yeah. right? You can't leave here and go back and do the same no. exact thing you were doing before. <clears throat> and, and and this is mm. this is where my whole point of the garbage in, garbage out thing is. I, I'm I get when people are new, and somebody can be new, and you know, don't get smart alecky with me, listeners. Well, I'm I'm a newcomer. I've been there 23 years. Mm. I'm still a newcomer. I understand your sentiment behind it, but if that is a cop out, if that is an excuse you're using for doing the same behavior that you've always been doing, you know, that I'm sad for you. Um, you know, a, a, tr- a tree produces fruit. A fruit tree produces fruit. Either it's producing rotten fruit or it's producing good fruit. And it's going to be dependent on what is at the base of that thing. You know, and if you've changed the soil, if, you, if, if you're now living in healthier soil, i.e., uh, you know, connecting with people that are spiritual, that believe the same way you do, uh, faith-wise, and, and you're, you're going to meetings, you're getting support, you have accountability, you're, you're working the step process or a recovery process of some kind, you know, why would you want to throw arsenic into that soil? Why do you continue to listen to the same garbage that you're listening to? And I'm not just talking about music. I'm talking about some of the negative stuff that comes out of other people's mouths. I mean, I can be with people that are negative. You know what I mean? I, we can go out to coffee. We can do that as a, a group. And some people aren't going to be very nice. Some people are. But I'm probably not going to be, I'm not going to go golfing with you. I'm probably not going to be hanging out with you every day. Why would I want to? I want to be around people that are going to be uplifting. And that's why some meetings are toxic. People say, I've never been to a bad meeting. Well, then you haven't been going to meetings long enough, (laughs) bottom line is, because there are some groups, and I'm not just talking about 12-step meetings. I'm talking about organizations of all sorts. They're just unhealthy. They're toxic, you know? And and if if everything about me is changing, why do I want to stay in the middle of, of the yucky, yicky stuff? Why Why does my house still have 
pentagrams hanging on the wall and pictures of people flipping people off and why am I spewing profanity? I'm coming to meetings and I'm looking around to see if there's any kids in the room so I can say what I want to say. What makes you think I want to hear that stuff? So I'm saying, if that's what's coming out of your mouth, if that's what's coming out of your spiritual pores, what is going in to your spiritual pores? I believe in the 12 steps, it says that we practice these principles. What principles? Step 1 through 11. One of them is, I turn my will and my life over to the care of God, right? So that means my personality and everything about my life, I turn over to him. And if I'm doing that... In all my affairs. Yeah, and if I'm practicing these principles in all my affairs, that means things are supposed to be changing. You know, the biggest thing that I've heard lately in the last, well, since I came to Oregon, is people talk about uh, going to meetings and, you know, going to church. And then I ask them, like, how often do you do that? Mm -hmm. Well, once a week. Sometimes I skip a week. Well... That's so then it's part not of the problem <laughs> because you're not practicing in all your affairs, right? Because right. you're not. It's like if you go to, you know, you you eat healthy one day a week and the rest of the week you eat garbage, right? right. Garbage in, garbage right. out. Right. You're going to be sick. Yeah. Same yeah. spiritually. If you feed yourself with, you know, negative energy, mm-hmm. you're going to produce negative energy. So I'm going to focus on Margie and... and uh, then we're Marfia for a minute. Um, when people are new, we, we get it, right? It's understandable. But if you've been sitting in the rooms of recovery, if you've been hanging out in church, if you've been going to synagogue or wherever you go, and you've been doing this year after year after year, and the only thing you're doing <clears throat> is is one thing, well, I don't drink. What's going on? I, I almost, this is going to, boy, I just thought of this, and somebody's not going to like this. If you're going to sit in a meeting where there's supposed to be support and health and wellness being proclaimed, and you're sitting in there, and you're spewing how you hate this politician or that politician, and not just that, but, but anything that is just rank, what? Maybe you should go to the toxic meeting down the street. Get out of the one where, where people are getting healthy. Well, yes, I'm being very patient. I, I'm sorry, but I don't want... I need to be able to go somewhere that's safe where I can get healthy in so I can have healthy out. Now, I also need to be able to be healthy enough to be able to go to places that are unhealthy to give away the healthy, right? Got to be able to do that, too. But if I'm not getting fed with healthy, I'm I'm not going to be healthy. What do you think about that, Mark? What do you think? You think you think I'm being too intolerant? Well, part of what I think about that is is how much are we allowing God to do His work? Right. I uh, I've been thinking while everybody's been talking, and the majority it says in the promises. I think you know God. It's going to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this stuff that I've lived through, my experience, when I've come out the other side, it wasn't because of anything I'd done. It was God's work in your life? It was God working in my life yeah. and putting people's situations, changes circumstances, and 
and uh, making me aware through his spirit, which mm-hmm. is part of what don't get talked a lot about in the meetings. Um, it's in the book, uh, though. Um, Sunlight of the him, Spirit. Spirit of the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think about, you know, really how much have I had to do to get him... You know, I'm because people look at that. Well, I did this, I did the four step, or I did this, or I did that. But, yeah. But do they think any deeper about it? Do they think about, well, wait a minute, what really motivated me mm. to, you know, there's many, many times I've done stuff and I'll stop and now why did I do that? And it wasn't bad stuff. It was like, right. it just, for example, uh, as you know, I got busted up about six weeks ago on my horse. Right. <clears throat> and and I tell not a whole lot of people, but what happened, I'm laying on the ground. And I'm trying to get up. I can't get up because I busted my leg. And I'm looking around, and, of course, uh, you get this little short period of shock, you know. Yeah. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm kidding you not, I do not did not think about it. I started thanking God for who he was and what he'd done. In the middle of your mess. There I am. I'm in an arena by myself, all busted up, uh, a horse tangled up my legs by the reins, and that just come out. Yeah. Well, I didn't do that. (laughs) You know, and that might be a simplistic thing, but that's the way a lot of my life has worked. And I try to tell people the spiritual laws, the spiritual life is real. Yeah. When you do that, made a decision. Mm -hmm. God don't let you go. Mm -hmm. And so how much am I really doing? Right. And uh, and, uh, the part about being aware that I talked about earlier, that's God. Yeah. Because on my own self-will and devices, you know, you do unto others and cut out. Yeah. So that's completely opposite of what God has done in my life. I I think... And it's going to take a lifetime Mm -hmm. for that to go on. It's not going to... I'm never going to be... You're not going to arrive at perfect. the perfect, yeah. yeah. This stuff is still going to keep coming. Right. So one one of the things for me that is constantly being worked on that it has to be different is my tolerance level for people that are intolerant, right? Because I can yeah. become that person. Like I'll see something on the news and I'll go, well, well that's not very forgiving, String those guys up. Well, then I become the unforgiving guy accusing them of being unforgiving, right? I become that same person. So we have to be careful of that, too. I, I just, it, it pains me to see people work so hard to some degree and then just after the meeting or whatever, after church or whatever, go right back to what they were doing, talking the way they talk, hanging out with the people they're hanging out with, Playing shack up with her because it's easier on their taxes, not because they even love each other. I mean, weird stuff like that. And then they wonder why their life's a mess. And they keep coming back to the meetings and go, this doesn't work. Have you heard people say that, Margie? This this isn't working. 
Oh, yeah. Um, but I, you're not doing, you're not applying the principles in mm-hmm. these steps. Exactly. Yeah, I hear people say that. I hear uh, brand new people to the program. They've been sober like a week and they don't understand why everything hasn't changed yet. And then I hear people that have been in the program a long time and um, they really, from what I can tell anyway, they um, aren't really working their steps and um, not really applying the spiritual principles. And But they expect um, everything to be better and... Um, they act surprised when it's it's not, and uh, because they're do, you know they're not drinking and they haven't for a long time. So, um, and um, you know I I hear that and yeah, it's it's, uh, it's like hip hip hooray! I didn't drink today. Yeah, yeah. Well, good for you. Exactly. But you're walking around shuffling around like life's done you wrong and you're miserable. Mm-hmm. Yep. When there is this spiritual toolkit right at your feet, and a whole mm-hmm. bunch of people, by the way, that are willing to help you walk through it. Yeah. Right? Um, different way, shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't we start to look different? Shouldn't some of our behaviors start to produce good fruit? Change is going to happen. Uh, when I became, when I begun this uh, recovery walk, <clears throat> I lived quite a little sordid, hot topic life myself mm-hmm. for quite a while. Steampunk. <laughs> I still got a liking to that, but n- nonetheless, uh, you know, change didn't just. I I know God has capability of changing me immediately and right. and doing all that, but it it doesn't come that way for me. Uh, change is a slow process, and what I really love is. Uh, through the spirit or however that comes about i'm i'm aware to see the changes mm-hmm. i don't care for the same movies we've talked about that yeah you know i don't care for the same language i don't care for the same old habits i used to have there this is a lifetime change forever mm-hmm. we're going to be evolving and hopefully for the better mm-hmm. so uh little changes to me when I become aware of them, are beautiful. I'm going, you know, I, I didn't even think about that for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, where'd it go? It's gone. Yeah. You know? Interesting. So, yeah. yeah, change is beautiful, and it's slow for me, but it is happening, and I'm aware of it. If you'd like to, uh, to chew me out for my over-opinionated uh, opinion, you certainly are welcome to do that. You can e- email us here or comment on any of the shows or any of our topics at Take 12 Radio, that's T-A-K-E, the number 12, radio at comcast.net. If you're subscribing to us on uh, any of the major podcasting platforms, uh, many of those you can comment as well, certainly on Podomatic and YouTube. Um, And we are out of time. So we're going to play a song simply called Garbage In, Garbage Out. Listen for the end of it, and you can find out who the the author is. Think about it. If if you're if you're you know clean and or sober or however you want to verbalize uh, the description of that, um, but nothing else in your life is changing, you may want to consider some of the things that we've said today. All right. So to close out the show this week, garbage in, garbage out. Next week's show is court ordered recovery. We're going to talk about. <laughs> What we all think about yeah. that. Um, that certainly is a controversial issue. 
has <laughs> been for a long time within the 12-step meetings. Um, yeah, yeah. So that'll wet your whistle a little bit. If you'd like to email us and talk to us uh, about what you think about court-ordered recovery, email us at takes12radiocomcast.net. We may read your email on the air. All right. Here is the song, Garbage In, Garbage Out. Garbage in, garbage out. Written by Walters Wolfing Talitha. Listen, if you really stop and think about it, if all you're doing is going to meetings, 
If all you're doing is showing up at church or synagogue on Sunday or the Sabbath or whatever, if all you're doing is jumping through the hoops and just checking off your box and you're not applying and implementing the principles in your recovery program in all aspects of your life, not just abstinence, then isn't that a half measure? Maybe it's not even a half measure. Maybe it's not even a quarter measure. Listen, abstinence and staying clean and sober, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Recovery is about changing the way you think, your lifestyle, and everything about your life. Everything's got to change. Applying the principles of the steps and the program, your faith and your relationship with your higher power needs to be implemented in all aspects of your life and my life. Otherwise, it's a half measure and then it's just garbage. It looks good. It tastes pretty good, but it's incomplete. Is that really how you want to live? Think about it. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man, along with the Tank 12 Recovery Radio family, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow. Yeah, kitty, 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 meow. <laughs>